welcome to the Longest Day podcast. I'm Leah, your host and the founder of Broadstairs Consulting. We are an advisory and mediation consultancy, bringing clarity, focus, and momentum to organizations by helping leaders find creative solutions that work. We help rebuild relationships and facilitate effective dialogue. We are convinced that people matter and that conversations count, so we started The Longest Day, a series of conversations where we learn from the resilience, determination, and candor of our guests. As they look back on their longest days, our hope is that it will empower you to look forward. We hope their stories will be a part of shaping yours. Natalie Campbell, MBE, is an award-winning social entrepreneur and broadcaster. She was recently installed as the new Chancellor of the University of Westminster. By day, Natalie is co-CEO of Bellu Water, a drinks business that puts people and the environment first. Prior to this, Natalie led on insight and innovation for the Royal Foundation. She launched Kensington Creates, the first business incubator in a school at the Kensington Aldridge Academy, and co-founded A Very Good Company, a global social innovation agency that worked with brands to embed purpose and sustainability practices, including Virgin Media, Marks & Spencer, W Hotels, and Channel 4. Natalie is a senior advisor to FTSE scale businesses, including PwC and Stonehenge Fleming Wealth Management. As a broadcaster, Natalie has extensive credentials on talk radio and BBC Radio 4, as well as hosting Virgin's Future Visions tech podcast series. In addition to other non-exec and advisory board responsibilities, Natalie has held a number of public appointments, including the Civil Service Commission and the National Lottery Community Fund. Natalie, welcome to The Longest Day. Thank you very much for having me. I wonder if you might like to tell our listeners about your longest day. So my longest day is actually very recent and it was the 11th of October, 2023. And the reason it's the longest day, it's because I decided on that day that I was definitely running for Mayor of London as an independent candidate. And I had only just come back from a three-week 40th birthday holiday. And so I pretty much had a day to get everything I needed ready ahead of an article going out on the following following morning, so on the morning of the 12th, announcing my candidacy. And it's one of life's crazy moments where... I could have said on that day, actually, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't have any funding. I don't have a team. I don't have all of the things that candidates in a party have. But the overriding feeling was I cannot wake up any more mornings and think, what the hell is going on? I need to find a way to be able to change things. Yes, for myself, but primarily for other people. I can't sit back and see more homeless people on the streets without knowing that I tried to do something and I had the means to do something. I can't continue to hear that we're going to war with another country without knowing that I tried to do something to make a difference. And you know, we can take issue after issue after issue. I think we all feel it at the moment. You wake up and you just say, what the hell is going on? 
So that was my longest day. And I, I, lit, I don't think I slept right through until the article went out. And then I had a full day of things happening. Uh, and I think I'm still tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to take a few steps back because you are renowned for being an experienced leader. Most leaders, even London-based leaders, don't wake up one day and mm. decide that they're going to run in the mayoral race. Mm. When did you first have an inclination that this leadership position might be for you? So I wanted to be a CEO at 15. And I, I've always known that being a leader of things was my general disposition. Um, you know, playing with friends, playing with my cousins. I was teacher and everyone else went to school. Um, it, it's, you know, it's my natural, it's my natural fallback zone. Politics, I would say, was on my radar from about 2013, 2014. And at that point, I wasn't necessarily sure what role. And I, because of various board positions that I had, politics just wasn't something that I had sort of front of mind as, as the thing to do. What changed all of that was Brexit, Trump, and seeing day by day things getting worse for people based on the decisions that were being made by people in power that seemed to not necessarily know anything about what life is like if you are struggling or if you are trying to make something of your life or build something so that your families can do better than, than, than you did. And all of these barriers and blockers and ultimately systemic issues that realistically politicians are the ones we elect to fix, they just weren't being fixed. They were getting more and more complicated. And so my journey actually started as a candidate on the long list for the Conservative Party. And I wasn't successful. I knew I wasn't going to be successful, but I wanted to go through a process to understand what the process is. And I didn't necessarily know that I was going to run as an independent. Like I said, I, I decided um, the day before the article went live. But I knew after being, that after not being longlisted, that it wasn't necessarily something I was willing to walk away from just because of that feeling. And last year, it was very much on my radar that we were having a general election this year in 2024 and that we had the US elections coming up in 2024. And we could be in a position where we see the return of Trump. And we could be in a position where we see people in politics in the UK that definitely do not have our best interests at heart. And so the fire was still there, but I knew that it would be a significant sacrifice personally for me to do it as an independent. So I needed to be really, really sure that I was willing to basically throw myself at a wall every single day for the whole day <laughs> for about six months. Let's dive into expectations for a second because many people would say not being longlisted or not being shortlisted or not being the ultimate candidate is the death knell. Mm. How has your experience around the board table and 
obviously as a CEO of a fantastic water organization, uh, empowered you to manage expectations mm -hmm. and enable you to be empowered uh, and have that fire in your belly as a candidate? Mm. So I don't use the word empowered. I just use the word power. We all have power. We need to find the source of it and the things that bring it out of us. Like I said, because I wanted to be a CEO at 15, I am well versed in digging into my own resource of power and bringing it out. And so going through a process of not making it onto the shortlist, going through a process of thinking about all of the things that could go wrong if I ran as an independent, there was still enough power left in my own internal resource, still enough resilience left in my own internal bank. And I get there's, there's it's courageous, right? I know I'm alive. Every day that I wake up, as much as I might be grumbling, <laughs> as much as I might be swearing the hell out of the morning, I know I'm alive. And I use that feeling, whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, to just take the next step. And it's the thing that I've learned in business. And I think it's the thing that anyone, founder, entrepreneur, CEO, whatever it is, when you are at the top of an organization, sometimes you just have to take the next step. And you have to trust that you know enough, you've apprenticed yourself enough, you've listened enough, you've read the moves of the moment enough that that is going to be the right decision at some point. And I have no idea what the outcome will be on the 2nd of May. I hope it's that I win. But even if the outcome isn't the one that I want, I absolutely know that in the way that I run, in the way that I'm doing this, there will be other upsides. Not for me. Well, I hope for me, but it's not just about me. I hope it's for anyone else that wants to run as an independent. I hope it's for any young person that believes politics isn't for them. They go, oh, she looks like me. She sounds like me. She's working class. She's self-made. Uh, she didn't have all of the money. She didn't have all of the networks. And she still got this far. And that is a driver in and of itself. One of the things we are expected to do as leaders is bring people along with us. Mm. Who encouraged you into your longest day? And who are you bringing with you on the campaign trail? It's a great question. So I, I kept it to myself. And that's not because I don't have lots of people around me that are supportive. I do. But this really needed to be my decision. It aligns to the, the man in the arena quote. You know, when all is said and done... The reality is, is people going into that booth voting because they see my name. And whatever happens, good, bad, indifferent, I'm the one that has to go to bed at night with that and wake up in the morning with that. So I had, I couldn't, I couldn't be buoyed on by other people's enthusiasm and I couldn't be weighed down by other people's fear or judgment of what might happen. So I made the decision singularly. I'm also an introvert. So, Welcome to the club. <laughs> it's such a superpower. So, so my, my drive has to come from internal. It's, it's my starting place. Once I'd made that decision, I then quickly WhatsApped all of my friends. And I was just having a conversation before this, talking about the kitchen table, you know, my kitchen table of my girlfriends 
Um, and we've all known each other for so, like some since primary school. Some of us, we've been building businesses together for 15 plus years. Um, some I'd worked with, but I sent them all a message saying, it's going live. Here's the article. Here's my messaging. Can you all give me feedback? Can you collect, correct, copy? Can you, you know, can you do all of this like really quickly, please? So everyone was firing messages backwards and forwards. And, you know, they really, for me, got me through that first week because I didn't have anything set up. There was no back end, like there was no socials. I didn't know the protocols. Like there was nothing. This all had to be, be brought together. Um, and then my team at Baloo, absolutely amazing. So first of all, my board was supportive. And I'd, I, so I did, I asked my board if they were happy for me to run when I was going through the, the first process. And I asked them if they were happy for me to run as an independent and they said, yes. So that's the most important thing. My team, my day job, everyone is happy for me to run. My co-CEO, happy for me to run. And they were also supportive in that they listened to my weird and wonderful ideas, but they give me the space to do what I need to do to get up to speed. And that's not to say that I'm slacking on the day job in any way. In my day starts at five, between five and nine, I can get a lot in. I do my day job. I'm also the chancellor of the University of Westminster. That fits into things. I also have other board roles. And so for me, having that core friendship group and the people that I see the most, i.e. my team at Baloo, with all of them on board, it made things much easier. Are you feeling stuck? Has conflict got you down? Have you considered mediation? Mediation is a confidential and flexible way to resolve conflicts. 86% of all mediations end in a solution, saving time, money, and stress for all involved. Thanet Mediation Center, a Broadstairs consulting initiative, offers mediation services to individuals and organizations in Thanet, Kent, and further afield. For more information or advice, email us at info at broadstairsconsulting.com. We are here to help you move forwards. In the preparation and in the waiting, what have you learned about yourself? I'm not very good at waiting. (laughs) I am not a particularly patient person. I can stand still. That doesn't mean I'm patient. So in the waiting, in the silence, I have learned that that's the time to maybe rest. That's the time to switch my brain off. That's the time to listen to the things in the silence. And what I mean by that is when you're busy brained like I am, and also an introvert like I am, there's always an internal dialogue and a conversation going on. And when you're waiting, especially when you've put lots of things out and literally nothing's coming back, you can listen to all of the things that you may or I may not have been hearing had I just still had the momentum going. And so I take heart from those moments. They frustrate me, but I take heart from them. Uh, And I think the other thing is the thing that I'm going into, uh, politics is a waiting game for everyone waiting to know the date of the next general election. What happens with the future of the UK? What happens with the future of of London or Glasgow or Doncat, wherever you are? It's dependent on someone being elected 
on this date. So lots of us were in that waiting pattern. So it gave me an empathy for everyone that's waiting for change to work out what their life is going to look like over the next four um, to five years. And I'm someone that always has momentum. And when I want something to happen, I just make it happen. And so it's a, it's a different level of empathy and frustration to anything I've ever had before. As a leader, we are frequently taken outside of our comfort zone. What past experiences do you recall when you are in challenging situations, as inevitably a mayoral race will put at your feet, mm. to, again, I'm going to say, encourage you to keep going? Mm. So I say I'm lucky and I'm privileged that I've never lived in comfort. It's not, it's not a, a space that I occupy for too long. I've always done hard things. I liken my, maybe insanity, to uh, adventurers and mountaineers. And people that wake up and say, oh, that's a high mountain. I'm just going to climb it. People that do extreme sports, I'm going to say, you know, you're a skater, whatever it is. The people that look at something and go, can I do it? Can I do that triple backflip? And always pushing their their bodies, their minds into a place of being uncomfortable to do that thing. That is my career. So the boards that I was sitting on, I sat on my first board at, at 22, 23. Um, I was a public appointee in my early 30s. I was on the board of Unlimited, the Foundation for Social Entrepreneurs. In my 20s, we had a hundred million pound endowment. These were all things that were pretty unique at the time. I think they're more common now. Great, that's what we wanted. But I definitely was one of one. And so, yeah, I haven't lived in, in comfort. What I would say is that the tool that gets me through being uncomfortable is the why. Why am I doing it? There is a piece about me. I want to see how far I can go. What am I made of? What's my metal? What's my, I don't want to say what's my breaking point because that's definitely not the right language. But if you're alive, I think you owe it to yourself to see just how far you can take this one life because it's not a dress rehearsal you don't get to do it again so there's that and then I bring it back to other people uh, and I'm I've been thinking a lot like why am I like this but I was raised to serve I was raised primarily by my grandparents um one of which was deeply religious and service being of service, and I'm being genuine. I didn't connect the dots literally until like a month ago. But hearing about being of service, watching her be of service, and my other grandmother, who was a childminder and a foster carer and a pillar of the community, again, of service. My granddad, exactly the same. They were of service. When you're raised in that way, I guess you do one of two things. You decide not to serve and you become totally self-interested. You need everything to be about you. Or you can't understand why people wouldn't. And I got asked the question once, you know, what happened in your life to make you want to, to help people? 
And my response to them was, well, what happened in your life to make you not want to help people? Because to me, it's such a natural disposition. And I realized that actually it, it's not, I was raised in service. And so I don't know any other way. I love that. One of the things I enjoyed that you said was your ambition effectively launched in your teenage years. What would you say to the youth of London to inspire them Mm. as to the future of London and of the UK at this time? Yeah. The future is ours. And I say ours because I'm 40, so I am... You know, the day you realise that you no longer can tick the young person's box um, is, de- is definitely a day of uh, of being humble. Um, but the future is ours. It really is. And for anyone that feels helpless or or wakes up and says, there's nothing I can do about this thing, whatever it is, you can. You absolutely can. It will be hard. It will be frustrating it will, you know, the vexations to the spirit will be high, but you can change it. And it might not change in the way that you wanted it to, but change will happen. But we all have to lean in. We all have to show up and vote. Anyone that decides that their vote doesn't count or that people aren't worth voting for, that's how we end up with the politicians that we have. If we if we had a hundred percent voter turnout for elections, we'd see very different policy making to the policies we have. We'd see a very different cadre of MPs to the MPs we we have, and London Assembly members and mayors around the country. The people we have are the people that ultimately we deserve, and that goes particularly to those of us that didn't vote. And I'm saying those I I always voted. Um, so lean into it and the change absolutely will come. I do believe that. Final question. There will be many other days like your longest day to come. <laughs> but if you had to live your longest day again, what food would you choose to fuel it? Oh, great question. I love food. Oh, so many things. And I say this and I don't really eat meat anymore. Stew beef, rice and peas, macaroni cheese, coleslaw, salad with a festival, gravy all over, then an apple crumble with ambrosia custard. I can do anything. That is fantastic. I should have given you a whole day, but (laughs) one meal will do. Natalie, thank you so much for sharing yourself and your experiences and, um, well, what's immediately in the future with us. And I'm sure that your journey will continue to inspire many and I wish you all the best with your campaign. Thank you. And again, thank you for having me. You've been listening to a Broadstairs Consulting Limited podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Tune in soon to hear the next instalment of The Longest Day. Copyright 2023. Production copyright. Broadstairs Consulting Limited. All rights reserved. <laughs>